Eternal life is the life that God Himself has. Is the life that makes Him God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. You now have life in you. You have the life of God. I welcome you to the family of God. I welcome you to the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for that opportunity to hear the word of God. I pray for your people today that they will receive it as the truth of God. That they will receive it as a better way. That they will be transformed as your word abides in them. And they will bring forth much fruits of the word of God. And that grace and peace will be multiplied unto them as they receive the word of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Just me to maybe to set this part on me. Yeah. So Hallelujah. You're welcome to service testimony. You're welcome to church. Testimony. You're welcome to church. See how was your week? Last week we started talking about something. Amen. Can you remind me what we started talking about? Huh? Can somebody remind me? What did we talk about last week? The fear of God. The fear of the Lord. Amen. And we said, what did we say? What did we say the fear of the Lord is? Can somebody help me? What's the fear of the Lord? What does it mean? The fear of the Lord. Can I have more volume? Yes, brother. Can I have more volume? Please. What did we see? As we obedient to God. Praise God. Beginning of wisdom. I give you a definition, right? Oh, fire away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. I say that the fear of the Lord refers to deep a feeling of deep respect. And reverence, right? Reverence for the Lord. Amen. Deep respect. It's a feeling. Amen. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. Hallelujah. It's something that can be seen in you. Glory to God. Something that can be seen in you. When people come close to you, they can perceive the fear of the Lord. Amen. They can perceive it. Hallelujah. Are you still studying your Corinthians? Lest I forget. So let's let's start, right? 
Sister Erica. First Corinthians. Tell me what you've learned. We are on a First Corinthians. God has given us First Corinthians. Amen. This year to study twice a month, right? One to sixteen. This is the chapter one to sixteen. We are to study, read it twice a month. Because we said First Corinthians is milk. Amen. It's milk for newborn babes in Christ. Alright, so what have you learned so far? You have a mic? What chapter are you? You finished, right? You're not finished. Chapter 8. In chapter 8. Yes. You were in chapter 8 last time, right? Mm. That was two weeks ago. Okay, you started again. He said one chapter a day. Right? One chapter a day. Now, I have so much to teach today, but I have to do this. So let's, let's start with you. So tell me what you've learned. So I was talking about um, eating food that are meant for idols. Okay, what did he say about it? Um, I don't really get... I don't understand. Do you understand? Tell me, tell me what you understood. Tell me what it sounded like. So it's telling us not to eat food meant for idols. Okay. And that um, there are many um, gods and lords, but there is one God who is God. And it was like um, we are in um, God, we are in part of God, and we in Him. And Jesus Christ, and we by Him. Okay. Okay, you do understand what it said about the idol. Okay. Right. When you keep reading it, you would understand. What else? You've only read one chapter this week. One chapter a day, right? So you should have read. You should have finished the book by now. Sharon. Are you ready? <laughs> All right, what else? Say? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That finished. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Round of applause for him. Amen. Um, from let me correct. Can I? Okay, you know. Yes, yeah, correct. Okay. Um, that part we talked about eating idol idol food. Actually, the Bible does not. The Bible recorded that there is no meat and idol food. But if you were giving it anything to eat, and it's of idol, now you can eat it because it does not have any effects on you. But that's if you are not told. Now, if you were told, and the person telling you is an unbeliever, yes, sir. I tell you, hallelujah. Just one question. You know, he said idol there, right? Yes, sir. But he's talking about any other religion. Yes. So. Let's just use that word, right? Okay, sir. All right. Uh, any other religion? Now, if you are giving that food to eat by someone and the person tells you this is an idol food, you should not eat it, not for your own sake, but because of that person's word, uh, believe, yeah. For that person's belief. Because you really, um, according to um, Apostle Paul, he said that there is no, no food like an idol food in the Bible. So, so that, that person, that person may not be strong in faith, now I've not re- uh, okay. Let me use this word. I've not spiritually matured to that extent you are. So he may be having another matter. Ah, what is this? Not understanding what you are doing. And also, even um, in First Corinthians, gave me so many insights about marriages. How um, when we were asking one Wednesday service, it was anything like divorce, or there was one part I also saw in the Bible whereby. A Christian, maybe for instance, a man is married to a woman, and um, maybe before the, uh, um, um, let me put it this way, the woman becomes a Christian, or the man becomes a Christian precisely, and the woman is still following the way of the world, and she leaves. It's not going to be held. It's not going to be taken as they're not going to take it against the Christian because he himself he's not under any covenant, or she has said she's not under any covenant also. And also, Pastor Apostle Paul said. He is what if Christ the head and he is the follower, he is the head and we should follow what after him. Even he said uh, also again in the in Corinthians also 
when I talk about Apostle Paul's ministry and Apollo's ministry, that we are of, this, of different bodies in Christ, we are serving the same God. It's just like the hand, if the hand, the hand cannot say, oh, this is the eye. Things that concerns the eye does not concern me. Things that concerns the leg does not concern me. So we are one, and we should not feel superior over another Christian. And so on and so forth. So many, even converting the gifts in the Bible, we have the gifts of speaking in tongues, the gift of healing. He said we should come the best gift, which is what the gift of what prophecy. Now also, he also talks about in Corinthians that if we have, if we can speak in tongues and have no love in us, we are like an empty symbol that we have nothing. Amen. So the love of God should dominate our lives and so on. So many, so many things are linked. Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful, beautiful. Round of applause for him, please. There has so much to say. So much to say. Hallelujah. Alright, Sister Christabel, please tell me what you've learned. Because of time, I can't ask everybody, so I guess I'll. I'll... Sorry? You've not studied it. You don't read your Bible. You don't read your Bible. Eh? Can I see? Can I? Can you talk, please? I can. Hurry up! We don't have time. I said I'm not reading. Huh? I didn't study my Bible. You didn't come with your Bible. I didn't ask you to give me your Bible. That's another thing. I said things. I didn't study my Bible. Oh, you did not study the past two weeks. You have not studied your Bible. Shame on you. And you are singing here, singing here, singing here. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's not the singer that is blessed. No. This, the word of God, what did Jesus say? When Mary and Martha were, were serving him, Martha was busy preparing things, serving, you know. Mary was listening to the word, she was with Jesus. And when Martha complained, I said, ah, tell my sister to come and join me. He said, Martha, Martha. He says, you worry too much about many things. He says, Mary has chosen that good part that should not be taken away. It's good to sing and it's a blessing for it. But the word of God is greater. You know, in spiritual, in spiritual, in the church, you need to we need to learn to arrange there's a scale of preface amen the scale of preference there are some things that are higher than some things in the sight of God amen the word of God is number one now let me ask brother happy what have you learned what chapter are you Chapter 3. Okay, tell me, what have you learned? I've learned that uh, God does not give His Spirit so naturally. Give him. You need a better mic. Praise God. Right. I heard that um, God does not give His Spirit so naturally. For until then, it looks as foolishness. Okay. That of the Lord, that God has always revealed the spirit to them and called. And they also learned that um, the foolishness of God is stronger than men, is wiser than men, while the weakness of God is stronger than men. Okay. That's chapter 3, right? Alright, thank you. Thank you. Keep studying it. Amen. So Wednesday, I'm going to ask you more questions. Amen. Hallelujah. One chapter a day. Right? What about you? What chapter are you? Have you started? You have not started. Why? You start this week, right? Praise Lord. Amen. Alright, let's get back to topic, right? We have such a short time. I fear of the Lord. Amen. I said the fear of the Lord. I said so many things last week, but I didn't really explain. So I'm going to go through some of that. Amen. 
I say that what you do, your life, is regulated by the fear of God that is in your heart. Amen. I said the fear of God is like faith. Everybody, we're not in the same level. Amen. Everybody, we're not in the same level of the fear of the Lord. We're not in the same level. Well, you see, just the way everybody are not in the same level of faith. You see some people and you see that, ah, this person has more faith than this person. The same thing. The same thing. When you see people do things, you will know that this person has more fear. More fear of God than the other person. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. A feeling of great respect, deep respect, and reverence for God. Let's go to this uh, Hebrews. Let me show you something. Let's go to Hebrews in chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Are you there? Sorry. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Praise the Lord. He says, Wherefore we receive the kingdom which cannot be moved. He says, Let us have grace. Praise the Lord. Why is another version? What's another version? Okay. Can you read it? Praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, just Hebrews 12, 12, 28. Let us therefore, receiving a kingdom, let us therefore, receiving a kingdom that is firm and stable, and cannot be shaken, offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with modesty and pious care and godly fear and awe. Praise the Lord. What version is that? You don't know. That's not your Bible. And you don't know the version. You can't be using a Bible that has tumba. You are too big for this. You can't be using that kind of Bible. What's another version? Okay, uh, the point I wanted to cut across is it says, let us have grace. Now, a lot of us may not understand what that means, but that's King James English. What he's saying there is Thanksgiving. Amen. You may watch in some part of the world when they're about to eat, they say, oh, say the grace. Uh, you watch some movies when they say, oh, say the grace. And it's a thanksgiving prayer. Amen. So when it says, let us have grace, it's talking about thanksgiving. Amen. Alright. It says, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably. Amen. It says, with reverence and godly fear. Hallelujah. It says, with reverence. It says, let us have, let's be thankful. Amen. Let's be thankful. Let us have grace. This is when I will serve God acceptably. This is with reverence. Hallelujah. Have his deep respect and godly fear. Hallelujah. There's godly fear. There's godly fear. What is in the next verse? The next verse says what? It says, For our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. He knows what he's talking about. He says, Our God is a consuming fire. He says, Our God is a consuming fire. I said, I said, the fear of God controls your life. 
how much fear of God you have determines the outcome of your life. It determines what you do that pleases the Lord. It determines how, how beautiful you look in the sight of God. I gave you some instances how, you know, we raise our children with a fear of, you know, parents raise their children with a fear of death. And when they go into this university, when they leave home, because they, because they, uh, they are no longer with their parents, they fly. In quotes, they fly. Check yourself. The things you do, is it God you fear or your parents? Check yourself. Who do you fear? Because you yourself know who you fear. So, why did you come to church? Did you come to church because of your parents? You're going to check yourself. Is it because of God you came to church? Is it because of the fear of God that you're coming to church? Or because you don't want somebody to see that you didn't go to church? You don't want people to people to say you, are, you didn't go to church? That when they ask, do you go to church? You say, yes, I did. If you are like that, you don't have the fear of God. That's not the fear of God. You need to check your life. You know, it reminds me of Samuel. And remember Saul? When Saul did something wrong. He said, I, 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 I feared the people. Let me show you that. When he offered what he was not supposed to offer, I'll be first Samuel. First Samuel chapter twelve, verse fourteen. No, let's start from uh, first. Let's start from first Samuel chapter fifteen, verse twenty-four. First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse twenty-four. Who do you fear? Who do you fear? Who do you fear? You know who you fear. You know. And if that person that you fear is not God, that fear is not founded on the solid rock. A fear that is not a fear of God is not founded on a solid rock. That means the winds can toss it away. Amen. Let's go to that. Uh, are you there? Chapter 15, verse 24. Are you there? And Saul so said unto Samuel, I have seen, for I have transgressed the commandment of God, of the Lord. And my words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. You see that? He said, I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Who do you fear? Amen. Ask somebody, whom do you fear? Ask somebody, whom do you fear? Who? Is it God? He said, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Amen. It's to hate evil. It is to hate every evil way. What do you fear? Check out, check yourself. Examine yourself. The things you do. The things you do. Why are you doing it? The things you don't do, why don't you do it? Is it the fear of God that's keeping you? Or the fear of someone? You're going to check yourself. 
because if it's the fear of somebody else that means there is a potential of you outgrowing that fear so you got to work on yourself you got to make sure the fear of God is all about you you got to make sure you are full of the fear of the Lord the things you do the way you dress why do you dress the way you dress is it the fear of God or the fear of pastor is it the fear of God or the fear of your parents we've seen people come into school I told you with long gowns you know long gowns when 200 level, the gown became <laughs> like this. And there are some people, they are not going to university yet. Their gown is already like this. When they are not going to school, they are scared not be. <laughs> so how would it be? If the ones that have long, <laughs> I'm using this as an example. Amen. If the ones that have long gown, when they got to 200 level, their gown became like this. What about the ones that I that entered with this level? <laughs> Amen. The fear of God. I think when you have the fear of God, it doesn't matter where you go to. It doesn't matter the school. It doesn't matter the city. It doesn't matter the neighborhood. It doesn't matter the business. It doesn't matter. You know, my friend, my, some of my friends were in a even in a university. And you know, he would tell me some nasty things that man, that school used to change people. They said that school is a terrible school. You see, the school changes, no matter how good you are, when you go to <laughs> Okada, they say you become something else. I said, yeah. How are you talking about? He was telling me stories of some of our secondary school people that are not in the school, what they are doing, you know? And I'm amazed. I'm like, yes. I say it doesn't matter where I go to. If I go to that school, I'll shine the light of God. How does, it doesn't matter. I've got, I've, I've got the fear of God. It doesn't matter where I go to. It doesn't matter where I go to. Nobody can influence me. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nobody. Amen. Nobody. When you have the fear of God, nobody can influence you. Amen. Nobody. I said it's the highest level of fear. There's nothing above it. There's nothing above it. Hello, if you're in your house, if, if, let me give you an example. If you are in a house and you fear your parents, right? You fear your parents, your dad. Huh? Now, can your brother, your elder one, not come and tell you to do something against your, what your father said. Can, can he persuade you to do something? Can you, maybe, okay, imagine you fear your brother also. When you fear your father, when he, your brother wants you to do something against what daddy said, you say, no, daddy, I'd rather fall into your hands than into the hands of daddy. Because you have a greater fear for your father. Amen. So when, he, he, when he's trying to tell you to do something against what daddy said, it, it can't work. It can't work because you have a greater fear for your father. The same thing. Once you have fear for God, nobody, there's nobody above God. Nobody can make you do something. Nobody can make you do something against what God has said. If somebody can make you do that means you never had a fear for God. It was not God you had a fear for. Amen. If somebody can make you do something against what God said, it means you don't have the fear of God in that area. Amen. Are you with me? It means you don't have the fear of God in that area. There's some people, they're not... They're not scared of God. They say, ah, God is in 
He will forgive. Is it not God? He will forgive us. You know? So, they say because there's provision for forgiveness, they say the blood of Jesus is there. We can do anything and, and ask for forgiveness. Can, can you imagine such people? That's where some Christians are. And, and funny enough, that's the way some preachers preach. They don't know. They don't know that's what they are saying. But that's what they are saying. They don't know that's what they are saying. Because they will be judged when they stand before Jesus. But that's what they are saying. When you pick up the mic and start telling people, it doesn't matter what you do, God's going to forgive you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. God's going to forgive you. There's nothing you do that God will not forgive you. <laughs> now, you, you think you are preaching truth. You are not telling them, don't sin. <sighs> hey, come on. How will you feel like this? How will you feel... How will your parents feel if I come, if I'm your, if I come to your fa- your house, or if I'm telling you something about your father? And I'm saying it doesn't matter what you do, God will forgive you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what am I trying to build up? What am I trying to build up? I'm trying to build up disobedience. I'm trying to tell you you can go spot free if you do anything. That's where some people preach. They think they are preaching the love of God. <laughs> they think that's what they are preaching. Hallelujah. There are some people, some, people some, some preachers, they never tell people don't sin. It's not in their message. They don't say it. They never say don't sin. They can't say it. They can preach, oh, God's a loving God. No matter what you do, God's going to forgive you. I was telling my wife some weeks ago. I was telling her something. I said, do you know that... This is what I learned years ago. I said, do you know that it takes the power of God to tell somebody to repent? Do you know? It's not easy to tell somebody repent. It takes, it takes the Spirit of God. It takes the Spirit of God. That's why in Micah, Micah said, I'm full of might and of the Spirit of God. He says, to declare unto Jacob his transgression. It takes, you know, it, it takes the Holy Ghost to be able to tell somebody, repent, what you are doing is wrong. It take, you have to be full of the Spirit. So all these scriptures that are not telling people to repent, they think they are preaching love. They are not full of the Spirit. That's why. Because when you are full of the Spirit, you will be able to rebuke people. Let me show you. Let me show you. So that I think just quote verse. Are you still here? Hello? Am I too fast? <laughs> are you getting the message? Okay, let's go to Micah. It's one of those small books between the prophets and Matthew. Micah chapter 3, verse 8. Micah, Micah chapter 3, verse 8. You think it's easy to go and rebuke somebody and say, ah, it's what you're doing. It's not easy. It, you need to have the power. It, it takes the fullness of the Spirit. Micah. Let me help you. Micah is... Let's go and see. It's a small book. Are you there? Micah, Micah. Micah. Micah is before before what? Nahum after Jonah. 
Micah chapter 3, Old Testament. Micah chapter 3, verse 8. So after Jonah, Micah. It's very easy to, it's very easy. Let me tell you, it's easier not to condemn, not to preach sin. I'm not saying it right. Let me say it right. It's easier not to preach against sin. That's the easy way out. That's the easy way out. It's easier. It's easy to just preach motivation, you know, preach financial breakthrough, preach leadership. (laughs) Try again. Business. It's easy to preach that. Unbelievers can preach it. It's easy to preach that. That's what makes you a pastor. <laughs> That's what makes you a pastor. What makes you a pastor is that you preach truth. The word of God. It's truth. Amen. That's what makes you a pastor. Are you there? Micah 3 8. Okay. Let me read it. You said it, right? This is what truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. He says, and, and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob his transgressions and to Israel his sin. He says, I'm full of power in judgment and might by the Spirit of God to declare unto Jacob. He's talking about the people of Israel. You're going to be full with it. It's not everybody that can rebuke sin. So those men of God that are not rebuking sin, they're trying to tell you, oh, you know, um, we, we don't preach, we don't want to talk about sin. You know, we don't. <laughs> they are not full of the Spirit. That's just the truth. What did Jesus Christ say? He said, Blessed are you when when they speak well of you. He said, Blessed are you when they speak well of you. The true prophets, they don't speak well of them. They critique, they attack them. Why? Because we always expose the works of sin, the works of darkness. Read the Bible. There were, there were other prophets in Israel. They would tell Israel, the Lord, peace, peace. Peace is for you all. They will be celebrating. Peace is yours, Israel. The Lord is at peace with you. They were false prophets in the Bible. But the true ones, the true prophets, were the ones that God arrested. Why? Because they preached the truth. They rebuked Israel. So the, they, they would arrest them. They would stone them to death because they were rebuking them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, we need to get serious. We need to get serious. We need to get serious for this thing. Sometimes I, I look around and I see some banners. I see what churches are having as programs. Business summit, financial summit, this one leadership summit. I'm like, is this what the Bible told us to preach? What's wrong with these people? So the Bible tells us to preach. Paul didn't preach leadership summit. No, no, no. It's in your Bible. No, preach that. He said the word of God is profitable for what? Rebuke, correction. For what? Instruction in righteousness. And he says the fear of the Lord is what? The instruction of wisdom. You share that last week, right? Okay, let's go to the order. I just quoted the verse. Let me show you why. Alright, let's go to um, uh, Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy, in chapter 3, 
Verse 16. So that's John 3 16, 2 Timothy 3 16. A lot of nice 3 16. If you see, almost all the books, 3.16 is always a nice, a nice verse. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there? Are you there? Huh? Okay. This is all scripture. All is God breathed. Okay, let's read King James, right? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. He says, for what? Doctrine. That means for teaching. He says, for reproofs. That means to rebuke people. Amen. He says, for correction. That means to correct people. He says, and for training. Another version says, training. He says, for instruction in righteousness. Instruction. There is such a thing as instruction in righteousness. Amen. There is such a thing. So when people come to church, we give them instruction in righteousness. When they come to church, we give them doctrines. We give them reproofs. We reprove them. We correct them. And we give them instruction. That's what, that's what church is for. Not for teaching business summits. No, 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 no. That's... The business school is there. The business seminars, the best of them are for. Unbelievers can teach you that. Only the pastor is not the one to be teaching you that. Praise God. Hallelujah. We gotta teach them righteousness. Then they should go to school and learn business or whatever. Let's not put the trouser of the philosopher or the business teacher. No, that's not our job. That's not the pastor's job. That's not the pastor's job. Hallelujah. You see, because by the time pastors take the role of business teachers, financial, you see, you want them to prosper. <laughs> you want these people <laughs> to prosper. Who will now teach them righteousness? Who? There's nobody. The world will never teach righteousness. So you leave them to learn morals from social media. Praise the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Amen. The fear of the Lord. Is that we may serve Him acceptably with reverence and godly fear. This is our God is a consuming fire. So I said, the fear of the Lord can grow. Your fear of the Lord can grow. How? How can your fear of the Lord grow? Young people, how can the fear of the Lord grow? Do you fear God? You fear God? Tell me something that because of God you can't do. Tell me. Tell me, <laughs> tell me something. Because of God you can't do this kind of thing. Tell me something. Eh? There are many. Tell me one. Christabel, tell me. You can't steal because you fear God, right? That's beautiful. Yeah. You see? That's beautiful. There, but there are some people they can steal. They don't fear God like that. They can steal. So I say there are different levels. Different levels. The fear of God increases by knowledge of God. The more you know God, the more you fear God. That's just it. Just like faith. Just like faith. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. The same thing with the fear of God. The fear of God cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you know God, the more you fear Him. And there are two major topics of God you need. Two major topics. Two major topics where you need to fear God. The love of God and the judgment of God. When you increase in the knowledge of His love and you increase 
in the knowledge of the judgment. You will be full of the fear of the Lord. You will become full of of the fear of the Lord. You see, when you come to know Him more and know His love, His love for you, it's worthy. It's worthy of respect. It's worthy of reverence. When you see how much God really loves you, have you seen it? Have you have you perceived it? You've not perceived it yet. When you perceive that God loves you, He actually loves you. When you perceive it, and you measure what He has done for you, you see His words of your respect is worthy of your fear then when you perceive the terror the terror of the judgment you will fear him more <laughs> praise God it is knowing the terror of God we persuade men that's what Paul said it is knowing the terror of God it is we persuade men one time, Paul said it is a fearful thing to fall under the hands of God. It's a fearful thing. There's no, there's no redemption from hell. There's no redemption. You need to understand, there's no redemption. There's no plan. But God always reveals His plans. There is no plan to rescue to, for Jesus guys to come and die again for those in hell to be rescued because there's some people there's always some pastors teach I don't know where they get their message from <laughs> they preach as if you know it doesn't matter you're a Christian you're heaven you can't go to hell a Christian cannot go to <laughs> a Christian can't go to hell that's the way they sound and they just keep saying it without trying to correct you, rebuke you, instruct you in righteousness. Praise the Lord. There's no plan. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. It's coming soon. And let me tell you something. It's coming for a church without spots. That means without sin. You need to understand spiritual terms. When Jesus comes the second time, is it? It's not gonna come. It's not gonna come to the earth. It's gonna be in the air. Is a rapture. Then the angels will bring us. Those who are without sin will be raptured. The Bible says we'll meet the Lord in the air. Those who are spot without spots, without wrinkle. That means without offense. Those are the ones that will be taken. The other ones that are playing Christianity will remain here. And the Antichrist will deal with them. They will have, then will come the great persecution of the church. Those who did not qualify for first batch. When you write exam, jam, what's it called? It's first batch. Those who don't qualify for first batch, they will suffer because the Antichrist will start ruling on the earth. And there will be great persecution. As you call yourself a Christian, you are in trouble. Hey, you are in trouble. Because the Antichrist will dominate the political system of this world. <coughs> Praise the Lord. It's not a time you want to be around. You don't want to be around when that happens. You don't want to be. You don't want to be. You don't. You don't want to be around. 
Praise the Lord. You need to understand the terror of God. There's no... So you will think, wow, how can... Somebody said, how will God send people to... God is not the one that's going to send people to hell. People are going to go themselves. They're going to hell themselves. It's not God that is sending them. It's not God. It's a law. There's a law already. It's a judgment. If you go and touch fire, fire is going to burn you. It's not God that told you to touch the fire. He says, choose life. Choose life. Amen. So you need to understand the terror of God. He says, knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. We're trying to persuade people. You don't want to, you want to be on the good side. And, and, and that's why Paul, you read First Corinthians, right? In chapter, is it 10? Let's, let's look at it. There was a time Paul was talking in that First Corinthians. First, let's take a look at Luke, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 5. Luke chapter 12, verse 5. Are you there? What's your Bible? Luke chapter 12, verse 5. Are you there? He says, but I will for this is Jesus talking. He says, I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. It is fear in which after a accused has power to cast into hell. He says, Yeah, I say unto you, fear him. This is Jesus talking. He's not the Lord, the one that saved us, right? He's the one, he's the one talking. <laughs> he's telling you what to fear. He's telling you what to fear. Many times he says, fear not, fear not, right? Fear not, fear not. I'm with you. But now he's telling you what to fear. He says, fear him. He's talking about God the Father. He says, fear him. After he has killed the body, he has power. Nobody has power to cast into hell. The devil doesn't have power to cast into hell. Only God has power to cast into hell. Because even the devil will be cast into hell. The devil is not in hell yet. You understand? You know, sometimes we say the devil is in hell, God is in heaven. The devil is not in hell. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe because you think the devil is in hell and he's still doing all these things. You think. Even though we, are, we go to hell, you can still be doing things. <laughs> the devil is not in hell. Oh, it's just it's cartoon. Oh, we try to teach children. Of course, some men of God mis- make mistakes. But see, there's no place in the Bible that tells you the devil is in hell. Satan is not in hell. Demons are not in hell. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? You are shocked, right? So where is he? Where is he? He's around. <laughs> He's around the neighborhood. He's around the neighborhood. He's, he's up. That's where he is. He's there somewhere in the air. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. The firmament. He's not in hell. In Revelation, the Bible tells us Satan will be cast into hell. How can hell be a prison for him if he's already there? He's not there. Hell is a prison. Nobody comes out of hell. You understand? Nobody. Nobody comes out. Let me tell you how terrible it is. You know, sometimes, some years ago, I was talking with some Jehovah's Witness, and they were like, it's not hell fire, it's hell. <coughs> they were trying to make a case that I was we were having an argument. It's hellfire. Even Jesus calls it hellfire. Whether it is hellfire or fire air. So far there's fire there. Praise God. There's torment there. It's fire. Nobody comes out. Once somebody goes to hell, there's no coming out. 
So Satan, if Satan was in hell, he can't come out. He cannot cause any evil. He's not in hell. Hell is a prison. In Revelation, the Bible tells us, we read it, that Satan will be cast into hell. Even Satan is scared of hell. Amen. He's scared of hell. Hallelujah. One time, have you read the Gerasim? Let me read Bible knowledge in school. With Gerasim the monarch. That man that was chained. That, you know, when Jesus arrived, he begged Jesus, please don't, don't, what did he say? He said, don't send me to hell. You know what he said? He was begging Jesus, don't send me to hell. The demons don't want to go to hell because they know they can't come out. It's torment. So he begged him, he says, Hey, send me to the pigs. And Jesus said, Go. If he could come out of hell, he wouldn't have begged Jesus for anything. He would have just gone and come back again and back. Where is that man? <laughs> Praise God. So you need to understand the judgment of God. It's serious. It's serious. There's no, there's no plan. There's no plan to redeem the devil. The devil is gone. There's no plan to redeem angels. They've sinned and their judgment has come. Now it's just a matter of time. And hell was reserved for the devil. Was reserved for the devil. But. When the human beings decide to follow Satan in his ways, they join him. Amen. Hallelujah. So, hey, I said, you need to understand this thing. And as you understand the love of God and the, the judgment of God, you see, your fear of God will increase. Amen. Your fear for Him. You don't want to do anything wrong in the sight of God. Uh-uh. No, not you. No true child of God wants to do something wrong in the sight of God. Why? Do you want to do anything wrong in the sight of your father? You don't want to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So it says, Fear him that had the power to cast into hell. The fear of God controls you. Amen. It controls what you do. What you do. What you allow. Amen. My life is full of the fear of the Lord. I can't do some things because every time I, every time I want to do something, I think about God. You see, I think about God. Because I'm close to Him. Amen. You see, my heart has become so close to God. As I increase the fear of the Lord. Whatever I do, I think about Him. What does He think about this? I check the Word of God. Is this right to the side of God? Is this right? See? There's something called conscience. Conscience. I try to have a good conscience in the sight of God. Make your conscience right. Don't harden your conscience. Make it right before God. Did you read what we talked about last week? He said, those that fear Him shall not lack any good thing. That's the story of my life. Those that fear Him. Those that fear Him. Amen. So don't think you are too young to fear God. Ah. Get serious. Amen. Get serious with the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we're out of time. Praise God. Let's read one more verse. 
First Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. Are you there? It says, if you will fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the King that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. Amen. So if you shall fear the Lord and obey His voice and not rebel against His commandments, the fear of the Lord is to obey God. The fear of the Lord is to follow Him. Obey His commandments. Obey His commandments. His do's and His don'ts. When you love His do's and hate His don'ts. I think it's a training. You've got to train yourself to hate evil. You've got to train yourself. Just the way, you know, as you grow up, your, your, your parents talk to you, this thing is bad, this thing is bad. And you said, okay, it's bad, okay, it's bad. You decide not to be disliked it from that moment. Your parents told you that something was bad, the same way. Same way. Now God is telling you some things are, are bad. You are automatically, when you hate it, that's the way a child of God is. That's where you are. When you hear God says this is wrong, this is evil, you say yes, yes, this is evil. You hate that. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So you need to check your life, every area of your life, what you allow, what you do. Is it God's fear that controls you? As even coming to church. Even coming to church. Why do you come to church? Is it the fear of God that makes you come to church? Or the fear of your parents? Or the fear of pastor? What controls you? Hallelujah. Amen. See, I have the fear of God. I'm full of the fear of the Lord. See, I'm increasing daily in the fear of the Lord. I'm increasing daily in the fear of the Lord. My life is fully pleasing to the Lord. Because everything I do, I do it acceptably unto God. Hallelujah. Go ahead, talk to God. Talk to God. If you believe in Jesus Christ and want to make Him Lord of your life, please say this prayer. Oh Lord God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I sincerely believe He died for my sins and was raised from the dead. I accept Him as Savior and Lord of my life to live according to the, to the kingdom of God. I am now saved and I have eternal life in me. I am now born again and a child of God. Amen.
Ghost Deception. Eternal life is the life that God Himself has. Is the life that makes Him God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. You now have life in you. You have the life of God. I welcome you to the family of God. I welcome you to the kingdom of God. 